Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back. This is The Kelly Roach Show and I have a treat for you today. Actually, I have a treat for you all year long because I have recruited Danielle Ceballos to come and hang out on the show with me. She's going to be popping in maybe once a week, maybe a couple times a month. We'll see how it goes, see how crazy the, the year gets. But most of you know Danielle. If you don't know Danielle, she has been my right-hand person in my company over the last few years. She started off doing you know, some part-time work for us when actually she was running her own successful company. And I slowly, over about a year and a half, recruited her in. Uh, she very quickly kind of moved up through the ranks in our organization, became our CMO. And then uh, this past year, towards the end of the year, she actually stepped out of the coaching company and stepped into the role of president for my personal brand, the Conviction Marketing Agency, and most recently, the Advance. So uh, Danielle is helping us to build out several of the new entities that we split out over the course of 2022. So we've had the opportunity to work on some pretty fun and exciting stuff, I would say. Right, Danielle? Yes. It has been an interesting, windy journey. <laughs> It has been a very well opportunity. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've gotten to see the stress test with Danielle uh, in the highest highs and the lowest lows, and uh, she's definitely ready to take on some of her own organizations where she has, you know, more control over vision and direction and implementation. And we've learned a lot. Have we not, Danielle? I mean, I don't make mistakes often. So I don't know about you, but like I have just learned like one or two things, you know, over the last three years. Just yeah. I always say I'm on the accelerated learning path when Billy's like, Kelly, what are you doing? I say, Billy, I'm on the accelerated learning path. I just learn through things really, really quickly. Sometimes there's a little bit of cleanup, you know, but that's just that's how it goes if you want to do big things. Yeah, I actually always say my strength is actually just that I can clean up the messes that I make. So, <laughs> and that is so not true because you are a brilliant leader, a brilliant marketer. You have more vision than pretty much anyone that I've come in contact with. So, let's give a little credit where credit is due. But yeah, so I have a question for you. And then I know you have lots of questions for me. How does someone get a person on board with a hundred million dollar vision? <sighs> yeah. How did you buy into the vision of where we're going and actually like get totally on board with it? Yeah, I think so. Everyone's different, right? And what they're looking for. Actually, all of our like highest level clients ask me this all the time. Like, how did Kelly get you? And I, I, a couple of things I think, and this is just my own personal story. So I don't know that this will work for everyone. If you're trying to get someone on your team, I don't know if this can work for them. One thing that was really important to me was I was building a business at the time. I ended up really not loving that business, but you really didn't push. Like it was very much like, Hey, we're here. Hey, we want to work with you. But I remember, I don't know if you remember this. You were like, listen, I know you're still building your business. So like no pressure. Like if that's where you want to go and that's the direction you want to build, like I'm here to help. And that for me, I don't like that. Like hard push pressure. So that for me was really important to know like, hey, there's this is an opportunity. 
and I can kind of test it out, right? So you actually let me... I know at that time, you weren't really doing part-time people at all. Um, you, I don't even know that you really had any other contractors at that point. No. Um, but you let me kind of step into like a part-time kind of role where I was just doing a little bit of writing. And I really got to see behind the scenes. And the fear with something like that is... You know, it sounds great on the outside. I'm a client. I see this perfectly polished thing that looks all great. But like when I get on the inside, will it be like that? Because I've already built something and I don't need any craziness in my life. Like I, I had plenty at the time. So uh, getting to like slowly see the reality of like how the team worked and like you as a person, like getting to see like your integrity, the way that you kept your word, the way that you worked just as hard for the vision as everyone else was really, really important to me because my personal values and and how I like to operate are very much dependent on people doing things with integrity and honesty. And sometimes to a fault, I do that. And so um, I I just needed to see that it was real. And that took time. And so I the, the combination of you like giving me the time to do that and the opportunity, and then seeing on the back end, hey, this is legit, this is real. And then in terms of getting on board with the vision... I think a couple of things you did really well, you know, this is basics, but like just repeating over and over, really knowing that um, it wasn't like a fleeting, like, this is my dream today and tomorrow, this is my other dream. But having that repetitive, constant, like consistency was really important. But also, um, what I loved, and again, this is me personally, I don't know that everybody's going to love this. Um, there was so much flexibility in it. It was like, here's the big goal, but like, hey, you have, like, you saw in me that I had that ability like pretty early and you gave me a lot of freedom and you were like, this is the goal, but like, if you have a way to help me get there, like, I'm down, and which gave me some creativity and the freedom to kind of be part of co creating that with you. So it wasn't like, you came in, you're like, here's the vision, here's how we're doing it. This is the only way. It was like, here's the vision, here's the path they see, here's a strategy. I had to earn the opportunity to like be able to say my opinions and things like that. But it was there was like flexibility in it. There was like room for for me to have my own vision in there and for that to be part of the big vision. And I think that's really important. I think a lot of founders just, it's like, here's the goal. This is what we're doing. And if anyone has anything even remotely outside of it and sort of like, thanks, but no thanks. And you're like, okay, how does that fit? And if it fits, you're like, let's go, let's do it. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And I think that's an important thing to make sure. And a lot of people say this in different ways, but having a vision big enough that other people's visions fit inside of it. And I think you do that really, really well. And then consistently sharing that. So those were things that really kind of helped me buy in. And then over time, it's been three years now, the, the consistency of you like giving me more opportunity, more freedom, more flexibility, more creativity, like really saying, okay, like, there were times in our company where I had to like fit into a role that I probably wasn't yeah. the best at. It was just what we needed at the time. And we had to do what we like, you know, obviously you've done the same multiple times. We just had to do what we had to do. But you were always very clear and honest with your communication of like, hey, this is where I want you to be because this is where you're strong. This is what you're great at. So I'm working to get you there. Like I'm work mm-hmm. like let's keep going. So for me, Again, as someone who's got some vision, I am self-motivated and I do like being part of something bigger. That always being at the top of my mind was 
was what helped, you know, get through the crappy things that you don't really want to do all the time because you know, okay, if I do this for six months or a year, I can go over here and do this and, and we'll be in a position to do that. So I think it's really important that leaders know their people, that they take the yeah. time and they're patient and that they consistently put that vision back in front because, you know, when you're in the middle of it, when you're like in the thick of all the craziness, which you know. You need someone to pull you out and be like, hey, remember, this is like where we're going and there's so much space and freedom and opportunity for you here. So like, let's just get there together. Yeah. So those are just a couple of things. I think it's super helpful. And I just want to kind of reiterate a couple of things for everybody listening that I think can be really helpful for you. So, you know... I'm, I'm bringing Danielle on the show because, you know, obviously part of our core differentiators as an organization from the standpoint of, you know, how we build companies and how we teach about business is this idea of building a sellable, scalable, self-led business and team. And we're doing that with five core entities right now, building leadership that can own and drive and manage, uh, those organizations down. And I think most of you that listen to the show, when I say, you know, sellable, scalable and self-led, you're probably nodding your head like, hell yeah, of course, that's what I want for my business. And, you know, for us, there was a big element of wanting to take the models that we teach and do it in different industries and in different business models and different frameworks, uh, because we're always learning and we're always growing and we want to test new models and, and do this in unique and different ways as well, so that we then have that knowledge and expertise to, to bring back to the market. But what I would say a couple of things for everybody listening that I think can be helpful from what Danielle just shared. Number one, we talk incessantly about the North Star of the company. And when we went through this process last year of dividing out the five core business entities that are underneath the Kelly Roach International umbrella, our North Star, not only did we did we focus on repeating it, but we amplified it and we really looked at how do we make sure we're moving toward this North Star, not in a one-dimensional way, but we're literally tackling this North Star from five different angles, serving five different elements of the entrepreneurial uh, mindset, freedom, financial, uh, you know, and business journey. And so we really looked at all, all the different ways that we can tackle that North Star. But to Danielle's point, the, the message that I would want the people listening to the show today to take away would be, you have to repeat your vision incessantly and you have to be crystal clear on your North Star. Every single team call that we have, I begin by reiterating what the North Star of the organization is, who we are, what we're doing why we're doing it, and how everything that we're doing ties back to that North Star. And to Danielle's point, if you want to get really top performing A players on board that can lead divisions and work groups and organizations for you, you have to demonstrate that leadership and that discipline of, as Danielle mentioned, if one day you're coming in, you're talking about this, and then the next day it's something else, and then the next day it's something else, and you're all over the place, that is going to create this fractured, fragmented, very distracted and diluted energy that no one can follow along with. And also then your people don't know which direction to run in because one day it's over here and the next day it's over here. Now for us, we're making iterations in our strategy every single day. So we're, we're making changes in our strategy every single day to refine things. But what never changes is who we are where we're going, why we're going there, and what the North Star that that kind of guides and leads every decision. 
The second thing that Danielle said that I think is really important, I like unpack a little bit for everyone listening when you're thinking about elevating, you know, leadership in your company is that if you want people like Danielle and a lot of you have now met Crystal, who is the president of our coaching organization, if you want people on your team that can take the level of responsibility of owning either a division or an entity or a company for you, you better be prepared to allow them to have autonomy and ownership. And this struggle is the battle. And I know you kind of said this as well, Danielle, but I think this is a a really important thing that you mentioned. So many founders say, I want freedom. I want to have leaders on my team. I want to have people. How do I get it? The number one question that I get is, how do I get a Danielle? How do I get a Crystal? How do I get a Ty? How do I get these leaders? But what people don't realize is, I give so much freedom and autonomy to as long as it fits. There's a couple of things it has to fit. Our ethics, mm-hmm. our, our moral compass as an organization, our North Star, and our why. So it has to be morally, ethically, and, and um, strategically aligned with who do we want to be in the world? Why are we doing what we're doing? And where are we going? Besides that, there is extreme autonomy for the leaders to say, Hey, Kelly, I know you were doing it this way, but I have this idea. And I think if we tried ABC, XYZ, it actually could take us further and, and help us, you know, to, to get an even better result and developing the ability to allow your team to have the autonomy to test things. Most of what we do fails. Most of what we do fails. And that's what people don't realize. When you see companies that are having the kind of results that we are uh, building the things that we're building with the speed that we're building them, it's because I give people, number one, the autonomy and number two, the allowance to fail at a lot of things so that we can figure out what the heck is actually going to work. And the number one thing that I think will strangle creativity in your organization, if you put pressure on people to get it right the first time. However, on the flip side, you have to have people that can deal with pressure. Danielle and Crystal have an extreme amount of pressure on them to meet the financial expectations of the things that they're running. That's the definition of ownership. You can't be a leader at a high level and not have that ownership of attaining the financial profit margins and and revenue goals. But the thing that has to coincide with that, if you want great leadership on your team that can run things is autonomy, flexibility, allowing them to be creative, allowing them to test a lot of things and not putting pressure on them in the testing process to make something that may not be the right thing work. So these are some of the things that kind of go on, like I said, like underneath the surface that I think really plays into the ability to attract and retain these people. And then the one other thing I want to mention that just pulling out from what you just shared, Danielle, that I thought was really important was you know, you talked about like our relationship over time and, you know, how, like you mentioned, like when, when we started working with you, like I, I saw in you that, that you needed to be that person to me. And I was willing to wait two years to get you to see that vision and to know my heart and to make the move from being a successful business owner, running your own company to saying, Hey, I believe in what I'm doing and I believe in what I I can create, but I want to link arms with this person. I want to make this my home. And that was a very slow process that happened over a period of multiple years. And 
I'll, I'll even go to the process with Crystal and the business advisory. Crystal came in and both Danielle and I agreed from the moment that we hired her that she was the one. We were like, this girl is the girl. She's going to run the coaching company. She's going to be the president of the business advisory. Like we both immediately were like, boom, we found our third musketeer. Like, let's do this. Let's go. That was an extremely slow process. We didn't say, oh, she has the talent. She has the capability. We, we want her to take this over. Here you go, Crystal. It's done. Mm-hmm. It took us over a year mm-hmm. of very slowly moving through the steps of Crystal taking on one department. You know, I, I think that's the other thing is like having patience in the process. And just because someone has the capability and the talent, if you give them everything right away, it can actually have the opposite effect. It can actually diminish their ability to exercise their talent and their potential. And it can also shoot you in the foot. Danielle needed that time to assess me and to assess our company to say, yeah, I'm committing to being a part of this for life. And that was the commitment I wanted from Danielle. Like I want her to grow old with me building businesses. And so I was okay with that process being almost two years of going from client, um, it was more than two years. It was probably three years from client to contractor to part-time kind of like, I'll call it consultant uh, to marketing manager, then VP, you know, all the, that was a multi-year process. And I think that a lot of us who want to move very, very quickly, um, I'm one of those people that like Danielle knows, like I'll set a goal and I'll be like, okay, in one month, we are going to be at, you know, 8 billion in mm-hmm. this new thing that we just started. And she'll be like, how about we give ourselves a couple more months and we have a <laughs> negotiating process that we go through, All right, Danielle? We, yeah. but we have it down. It's pretty good. Like I throw out my crazy idea. Danielle mm-hmm. negotiates me to a place of it being crazy yet somewhat attainable. And then we negotiate back and forth until we land on like, a plan that's viable, right? Sometimes we end up and Kelly's like, just don't tell me. Just don't sometimes me. we have to end the conversation and say, okay, I know you know what needs to happen and I'm going to trust that you're going to make it happen. But like in this middle part, we're not going to talk about it for a while <laughs> and I'm going to let you do what you need to do. And she's like, okay. But, but I do want to emphasize the patience piece and you know how I've seen the importance of that with leaders. And I will say, I also have done it the opposite way where I've brought people in that turned out to be the wrong people. I gave them too much too quickly. Uh, they weren't the right people. I had a lot of cleanup, a lot of undoing to do. You know, as I've shared very openly, you know, we hired multiple COOs before we, you know, landed on Crystal and found the right person, um, you know, ultimately to, to lead the coaching company. But, you know, so I, I think patience is a huge piece of this. And I think it's something that it's a very careful balance to strike between moving at the speed of learning and implementation, but coupling that with like when you know, you know, and sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And I found that to be the case with both Danielle and Crystal. Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts too, just from like my side of things. I think when you talk about patience, when I see clients bringing in high level leadership and getting frustrated and actually like my own experience and then now watching like kind of with Crystal, one of the things that I think as the founder you have to be willing to do is be okay with the messy middle and and sometimes going back into roles you don't personally want to do until that person's ready. So yes. um, when we, you know, 
in in all the transitions, there's been a hundred. I can't even pick one. There have been many. Um, you are not someone who's afraid to to go back in and say, okay, well, until this is ready, until this is here, um, I'm going to do this or I'll take yes. this. And I think what most founders want to do is, I hired the person, they're here, I'll just give them everything. Yeah. And a couple of I think what we've learned, you know, from some of the wrong hires, number one is, um, and I say this all the time, I taught my daughters this all the time, character reveals itself over time. And you literally cannot truly know someone's character. You can have a gut feeling, you can kind of know, but you don't really know someone's character till they've been in a position to lie, till they've been in a position to do yes. something wrong, till they've been in a position to, you know, not be loyal. And so it only reveals itself over time. And when you give some of those things away too quickly, um, it you you you're gambling, right? You don't really know. So I I think it's important to that patience needs to be married with. There might be a season where you're doing things you thought you might be out of doing until this person is ready to like step into that role. The other thing I think that I would I would love to ask you because I I like you said with Crystal, we both kind of had this like gut feeling. And I remember um just so you guys know when Kelly interviewed or you interviewed her first and then um said I just she literally told me she's like I'm not going to say anything. I just want you to interview this person and like give me your most honest feedback and just let me know what you think. Like she didn't tell me I love her, whatever. She just said like go do the interview. And so like I watched her videos and then I did the interview and I remember calling and I was like, we have to hire her and I want her on my team. So like, and it, I remember at that time we were, it was like a role that we didn't even really have. And I was like, well, she could be here. She could be here. We just have to have her whatever yeah. that means. And you were like, I feel the exact same. So for you, I want to know, like as a founder, how, like you said that about me, I've certainly experienced that and you felt that about Crystal. Like, what is that? Like, how do you, how would other founders know that they've... Yeah. And, and trust me, you know, I've made my share of mistakes, but looking back, you know, there's always a, a little inkling that you skip over a little red flag that, that you tuck away. And, you know, I would say that after interviewing thousands of people, and I do mean thousands for, for those that don't know, I, I started off in staffing and recruiting. So I did this for a living. I literally facilitated the matchmaking process. Um, and, and what I would say is that, Typically, what happens in the interview process is a little red flag comes up, but it's a little red flag. And because you have lots of other green flags, you, you make the hire overlooking the one red flag because there's so many other green flags. And what happens is the red flag, the one little red flag is always the reason why that relationship and partnership does not work out. And, you know, this is something that comes through really an intuitive process of you learning to trust yourself and learning to really pay attention to those gut instincts and understanding that it does not matter if if someone has a thousand green flags, the one red one is the one that's going to come to get you. And it's going to come to get you every single time. And Every single person that is not here today, I could go back and I could say they were green, 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 red. But because there were so many greens, I overlooked the red. And so it is a process of trusting yourself. But what I would say with both you and Crystal 
that that and and just to give context to everyone, so Danielle and Crystal are the the most opposite uh, leaders and operators that you will ever meet from the standpoint of personality and strength. And even we use strengths profiles and even strengths profiles are complete opposites. Okay. So I always say our diversity on our team is our strength because our leadership team is like every single one of us, Danielle, I mean, we're so different and that's why we're so strong because we're so different. But anyway, that said, the couple things that there were in common, and I think the most important thing is what I call internal locus of control. And internal locus of control is a person that their lens, their lens through which they see the world is completely centered around what they have the capability to do and be and, and control. And so their entire lens through which they make decisions and, and what drives their behavior is around what they have ownership and control over. Uh, they see themselves as being the designer of their destiny. They do not see the outside world as the influence in, in constructing their outcomes. And these are two very, very different kinds of people. And, and what I see in our company is the people that always work out are the people that have internal locus of control and the people that always don't work out are the people that have external locus of control. So this is a a mode that very resourceful, very optimistic, very disciplined uh, people tend to have that have created a level of success for themselves many times in other ways in their life. Both Danielle and Crystal were athletes. So Danielle, you know, obviously was a, a cheer and, and, and gymnast, you know, coach and also performer, right? And, and Crystal obviously was a, a, a tennis pro, right? So no surprise there. No surprise there. Used to being coached, used to being a coach, used to getting feedback, used to very aggressive, very, um, you know, tumultuous, you know, ups and downs and, and all the things that come with sport and athletes. But the biggest thing is internal locus of control. You need very different skill sets in your company. So to me, that always comes secondary. Um, when, when Danielle was a copywriter for us, I had no idea what any of her skill set would look like around being a business operator, a president of a company, a leader, a marketing manager. The the reason why I knew I wanted Danielle to be my right-hand person in building all of my companies was that she was the most resourceful person that I ever interacted with and that she had complete internal locus of control. So it was never this happened to me. This person did this to me. I couldn't achieve ABC XYZ because of the economy, my boss, my family, my upbringing, my this, my that, my that. It was like, Hey, this is what I did. This is the opportunity that I had. This is where I went. This is what I did. This is how I made it happen. Um, and, and. I knew from that level of resourcefulness and internal locus of control in and of itself that this was a person that whatever they needed to know in order to get to where they were trying to go, they were going to figure out. And that is how I knew that Danielle needed to be that person to me when she was a copywriter. I had no demonstrated track record of leadership, you know, what, what she was going to be like working, you know, on the team, business building, any of those things. 
And so I think that's something to get really honed in on when you're looking for uh, leaders on your team. They have to have a track record of success. They have to be someone that has internal locus of control. They need to be extremely resourceful, especially in this environment that we're in today. They cannot be a person that has uh, a story about why they can and whose fault it is and their bad boss and the company was this and the company was that. And, you know, and, and we've all come across those people and they put it in such a nice, polite, like happy way that you accept their story about why it couldn't happen and whose fault it was, but they trick you into thinking that it, you know, wasn't them or it wasn't, you know, their fault or whatever the case, uh, because they put it in such an eloquent way that they describe the excuse and the story that they're telling you. And I think Danielle and I can both admit that we've oftentimes been kind of duped into that um, I never. <laughs> I'm like the the. I mean, I would say that is an an area that I am working on significantly. Yeah. I love people and I love stories, and I'm like, oh, you're right, that is true. And then I'll literally get off a call and Kelly be like, wait a second, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I'll just I, I like to say so. I was always a B student, so I had to rely. I always relied very heavily in my life on my common sense versus my intellect. And, you know, so to me, everything in life is like, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Really good rule of thumb. I found that that serves me really, really well. You get brought in and and Uh everyone that I'm, I think that's so important because now I'm thinking back through like all the things. And I would say that is the biggest learning I've had is really like being able to like see through to like the, the truth. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. If it but doesn't even, make sense, it doesn't make sense. Even if it makes sense in that moment, sometimes you need to go back and like really think through like, okay, that sounded good. But what do I really know? Because when you do that, usually you're like, wait, I really know X, Y, Z. So that now I know that doesn't make sense. Because in the moment, like you said, it does make sense when they're telling the story and they're mm-hmm. saying, things, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then you're like, hold up. What about all this other information? Yeah that I already know to be true. So I think that's really important that sometimes that in, that external locus of control is not always super obvious. Like sometimes you have to like suss it out a little bit because it's it's just a little bit under the surface. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like it, it's... I think for everyone that's listening to the show today, it's really trusting yourself at a higher level. When, when you hear something that conflicts with what you know to be true, whether it's, you know, in a different context or not, it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, you know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting because when I was interviewing, uh, and I worked in staffing and recruiting, you know, people would always say, Oh, I got laid off. The company was doing layoffs. And so I would always ask, like, well, how many people got laid off and in what department? And how many people are still left? And what number were you? And where did you rank? And very simply and very quickly, I learned that when you unravel that onion, those layoffs were not layoffs. Those layoffs were them cutting the people that weren't performing. And those layoffs were many times um, them simply pruning. They were pruning the organization. Um, you know, just like, you know, if someone's not with us anymore, they're not with us anymore for a reason because their performance did not match up with the performance of the organization. 
and we're not going to carry weight that isn't, you know, isn't going to add up. And I know that's a, it's a tough conversation. Now, that said, obviously, in this economy, we have people being laid off like a thousand at a time, 500 at a time, 300 at a time. So there's a lot of people that actually are being like swept swept out with full department changes and full company changes. And I fully acknowledge that. Um, but just to the stories, I think for business owners, a lot of times you don't trust yourself fully and you don't trust those little pings of like your own awareness that come up. And I think learning to trust yourself and learning to not just like tuck those things like under the rug, but instead to really listen to that is, is huge. And just I feel that the number one thing that holds people back from building like self-led organizations is, is twofold. Number one, you will hire the wrong people doing this. I promise you. I promise you, you will hire the wrong people. It will cost you a lot of money. It will be extremely frustrating. You will say, I lost a year of my life. That is the, the toll. That is the price that you will pay for freedom. And if you are not willing to pay that price of the trial and error that comes with this process, then you don't deserve to get to the other side and you're never going to. You're never going to. And I see so many people and Danielle, you know this because you've been, you've been in the business, you've been in the trenches with me. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I see so many people that are like, I'm burnout. I'm doing everything. I have a team, but I'm still, my hands are still in everything, right? They don't have leadership. They don't have vice presidents. They don't have managers. They don't have, you know, uh, directors. And it's like, how many attempts have you made? And if you aren't willing to understand and have a long range vision for your organization with the understanding that you are going to make mistakes in this process, the first four executives that I hired are all gone. They're all gone. They were completely wrong for our organization. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through that process. And you know what? I remember telling the team and having a conversation back to it's two years ago now that I started this process. Two full years ago now that I started this process. And, and I said, like, this is going to take, you know, I said between one and three years to build out this executive team. And I knew, and it is so painful and it is so expensive. I knew I was going to make mistakes, but there's no way around it. I used a professional sourcing firm. Um, I paid fees. I did deep dive, you know, experiences, but part of that is the the learning curve for you part of it is the evolution of the company part of it is even getting clear on who you really need and what you really need for the roles like there's so many dynamics that go into that but but what i would say is that you can't skip over that process and have the freedom that comes with it most people are not willing to go through the pain so that they can feel the pleasure and guess what that's just a microcosm of life that is a microcosm of life. So, you know, I hired four uh, incorrect, very incorrect executives for our company before I got the way, the right ones in place. And now we have um, just some incredible human beings, not just Danielle and Crystal. I'm talking about Danielle and Crystal and our vice president team and the layer of people behind them that are, you know, working their way up. But that didn't happen by chance. And that did not happen quickly. And that did not happen easily. And that did not happen without costing me a lot of money. And that did not happen without a lot of painful mistakes along the way. But now sitting where we are today, if you said, well, was it worth it? I would be like, 
Hell yeah. Would you do it again? Hell yeah. I would be smarter. I'd approach it differently, but absolutely. Yeah. What do you think um, since... Because I do believe some of those things are seen over time. And I was actually thinking about all those people that were brought in. Obviously, they were outside brought in for the highest level of leadership versus both Crystal and I. Crystal actually started in like a sales VP role. I think I don't even remember what it was. It was some sort of sales leadership role uh, before she was promoted to, to senior vice president and then um, the COO role. What do you think is sort of the pros and cons of bringing in people from the outside versus bringing someone in at like a mid-level to then help raise them up to kind of see how they perform and handle things? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And what I would say is I think the most important thing that I've seen in terms of finding an executive that is going to win long-term is that you have to bring someone in that's going to do a job in the organization and then from doing that job elevate into you know leading a team to do it now that's not to say you're going to go bring in you know a CFO and and have them be an entry level you know salesperson but it means like if you bring someone in at an executive level from the outside and they're there to just kind of like lead and drive the direction and kind of like get people on board and, and just facilitate outcome, but they don't actually roll up their sleeves and get into the contribution and the doing. Uh, I've seen that that really does not work. And I've also found that giving people a smaller piece first and letting them uh, integrate to the culture and integrate to the organization and become successful with a smaller piece and then expanding that has worked much better than giving someone just a huge entity to start with. Um, and, and then, you know, it's just, even if they're super talented, they just can't get their hands around it. And then it just, you know, kind of becomes a mess. So I definitely think bringing someone in at like a mid a mid level, like a, like we just brought in a, a group of vice presidents, right? Um, and, you know, I'm already seeing like we have some people that, you know, are going to like, you know, come up there. And, and I think that, um, bringing people in to do a specific job where they contribute, where they impact the bottom line, where they have a balance of both doing and strategizing and leading is really, really important. And I, and again, I think the time element is crucial. We all want someone to step in and take it and run and you want to like be done. And I found that is like the absolute worst thing you can possibly do. Uh, even with the most talented person, um, because there is like this integration period and this cultural nuance period and this uh, ability to assess their, them under duress and under stress that comes over time. And you can't see that. So if you, you give away the farm to someone that you haven't yet seen, uh, you know, how they're going to manage under that stress test, that puts you at a lot of risk. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, I would just add that if you're someone in a company, I think it's... You have to be really careful in, in sort of demanding the the respect, the trust, the input at a level 
that you haven't yet earned it. And I think that, you know, with you and I, I will say, like, I know now we can have dialogue back and forth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Listen to me. I feel very, very much like I can come to you and say, Hey, this isn't working. I, I literally just did it last week and was like, Hey, like this has come back to me twice now. I need to just tell you, here's my thoughts. And you're always super receptive and super um, willing to listen. And usually, you know, by that point, you're like, yeah, I kind of felt the similar thing. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's if what if you're working for someone and you do want to be in a leadership role and you want to be at that highest level, you have to earn that. I did not come in day oh, thousand percent saying anything to anyone. I did my job. I would I would call and say, like, hey, I have an idea. And then not only do I have an idea, but I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an idea and I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. It was a long time before I would say, like, hey, here's like what I think about the direction where we're going. And so yeah. I do think it's important for people coming in at those levels. And Crystal's kind of the same too. Again, we're super different in the way we lead is different, the way we approach things is different. But she has to like observe first. So for her, yeah. she's like, I do have thoughts and I do want to show them, but I like yeah. need get in it and like see it first. Yes. Um, I think you have to understand that you have to earn people's trust. You yeah. don't just have the founder saying, like now I have a ton of freedom and I do have the ability to to come to Kelly with all that. But that wasn't the case day one. That's something you earn over time. And I think you as an employee, you were talking about having that long-term perspective as the founder. As an employee, you have to have that long-term perspective. Yeah. Like you have to treat this as if it's your own business have that extreme ownership and you have to be patient too. Like you have yeah. to understand that number one, I have to prove myself. Yeah. Like, and again, that takes time. It takes time yeah. to prove yourself. And number proving two. yourself isn't in like words. Like anyone can come in and critique an organization. We've seen this a lot with people that are no longer here, obviously. Um, you know, anyone can come in and critique an organization and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. But unless you're raising your hand and you're saying, this is wrong. I know how to fix it and I'm going to fix it. Don't even open your mouth because no one wants to hear you critiquing something that they probably already know needs to be changed or needs to be fixed, but it's a bandwidth and a timing issue and a team maturity issue of, you know, are we in the space to tackle that hill in this moment? Right. So to your point, Danielle, uh, I think, you know, if you are listening to this and you want to take on a higher level leadership role, or maybe even for the founders listening that want to share this episode um, with your team that's working on, you know, moving up, I think it's absolutely, it's like put your money where your mouth is. You know, yes, share the idea. Yes, share your vision. Um, but also be geared up and be ready to do something about it. And sometimes that means doing things that you might perceive as below your level. I think yeah. where we've seen a lot of people not work out is they're at this level and they're like, well, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. I was a teacher for 12 years. And like, let me tell you how many jobs I did that were not my job and didn't get yeah. paid a single extra penny for ever. Like if you have that mindset of like, that's not my job. That's below me. I don't need to do that. Like you're just never going to win long term. And I would say as a founder and as, you know, as an employee, that's just not a winning mentality. But I think you were saying, you know, founders need this long term perspective. I think if you're someone who really wants the level of freedom and the level of leadership and opportunity that you get from being at the highest level of someone else's company, you have to earn it with the results, with your willingness to do it and with your own patience too. Like you don't get it tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, I think we're like way over time. So <laughs> this is so we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about, but that's okay. This is really good. We need this to- is fun. Okay. So we'll come back next week and we'll talk about what we are going to yes. talk about. Or maybe not. We'll just, or maybe not. We'll, we'll just see what happens. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you have questions about building high level leaders on your team, if you're looking to build a self led, uh, you know, scalable, you know, sellable company, you know, definitely, you know, get in touch with me, get in touch with Danielle, happy to point you towards some resources. And obviously, this is what we do at our higher levels of consulting. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us and tuning in today. Hopefully some good leadership tips and lessons and we'll see you back here soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.